This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We've been studying the parables of Jesus this summer in our sermon series, Stories with Intent. Today, we'll be talking about the parable of the unjust judge. Our message is entitled, How to Maintain Your Spiritual Health. How is your spiritual health these days? Is it good? Full of vitality? Well, we're going to listen to what Jesus has to say about keeping it in good shape in our parable for today. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God and Father, thank you for the privilege of getting to know you through your word. As we listen to the words of Jesus today, through the power of your Spirit, open our eyes to see what you want us to see, open our ears to hear what you want us to hear, and open our minds to understand better your desire for us. Amen.
Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 18, beginning at verse 1. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while the judge refused. But later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord Jesus said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Dear friends, I recently read a wonderful novel entitled Ordinary Grace. There is a scene in the story when Nathan, who is a pastor, says to his friend and congregant Emil, who has just made a failed attempt at suicide, that he would be praying for him. Emil responds, that's about as useful as throwing a penny down a wishing well. I fear that there are many Emils in the world with that same attitude 
about prayer. People struggle with prayer, starting with it and staying with it. I've seen it in my years of shepherding people in my church and sometimes even in my own life. There are a variety of reasons for these obstacles and struggles. Unanswered prayer, for instance, causes one to give up on it and on God. A pastor friend of mine that I've always admired admitted to me in a conversation, prayer really is a mystery and struggle for me to understand. I have more questions and answers about it, and so I struggle with keeping at it myself. Personal pride enters into the picture. I can take care of things myself. There are many Christians even who think that they can run the race of faith on their own power. Someone said when we don't pray, it's primarily because we don't sense our need for God. What is it about us that we think we don't need God? It's pride. Oftentimes, prayer is seen as a last resort in many people's lives. When all else fails, pray. And so, of course, we don't develop the habit of praying regularly. Some of us don't pray because we're not really sure how to pray. And so we never do it. There's a danger in all that. It can hurt one's spiritual health, cause us to lose our focus on God. We miss out on getting to know God better, which brings us peace and power as we learn how faithful he really is in all circumstances. To not pray is actually deadly to our faith. Jesus knew that. So he told his disciples his parable about the importance of praying. We find the parable attached to a conversation that Jesus was having with his disciples about the rough times that were ahead for them and for all disciples in the future as we wait for Christ's second coming. Luke tells us that he told the parable to encourage them. It was about their need to pray always and not lose heart. It's been entitled the parable of the persistent widow and the unjust judge. In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God. He was shameless. He had no shame and had no respect for anyone. He was crooked. He gave his attention only to those who could offer him a little something under the table to help them out. Otherwise, he would ignore you. In the city, there was a widow that was being taken advantage of by someone, an adversary, perhaps a landlord, who knows, but she needed justice. She needed help. She was helpless. She had nothing to offer. She was vulnerable. Widows in those days were that way. They were high on the to be protected in society list in the Old Testament. She had the courage to approach the judge in his little court, which was male-dominated, and plead for justice, but he ignored her. She had nothing to offer him. For a while, he refused, but she kept after him, and finally he changed his mind, Jesus said, and said, Though I neither fear God nor have any respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by her continually coming to me. Jesus then gives a commentary on the parable. He says, listen to what that unjust judge said. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? Jesus is asking a rhetorical question of us. And he's using a teaching method that's called how much more. 
If this corrupt, uncaring, atheistic judge can be convinced to do something for that widow, then imagine how much more your God, who is the complete opposite of that, who is good and just and loves you, will respond to his chosen ones when you come to him in prayer. And notice how he describes the kind of praying we do, crying day and night, fervently, passionately, showing absolute dependence on God. We have Jesus telling us here that God is not some dour, ungracious deity who needs to be badgered into compliance and do things our way. He is the complete opposite to that unjust judge in the parable. We must keep in mind, by the way, that Jesus has already taught the disciples how to pray the Lord's Prayer back in Luke 11, you remember, which begins, Our Father who art in heaven. He's taught that God is a loving Father, powerful, to be approached with confidence as little children come to a loving Father. This parable that Jesus told today is meant to encourage his followers to always pray and not lose heart. In all circumstances, trusting that our Heavenly Father loves us and will answer. Maybe not always the way we expect, maybe not in our timeline, but he does always answer. Unlike the judge in the parable, you see our Father cares. He cares about you. And remember, Jesus' whole life shows us the importance of prayer, how constantly he leaned upon his heavenly Father. It's a testimony. He believed in the power and necessity of prayer in his own life because he knew the kind of being the great hearer of prayer was and is. He's loving and kind, all-powerful, wise, and very faithful. And Jesus says, I want you to live the same kind of life as me, the life of prayer, constantly leaning heavily on God in prayer. Oh, yes, and also remember that as Jesus is talking about God's chosen ones who call upon God day and night, that he himself is described as God's chosen one. He's talking about himself here as well. He will soon show the truth of this statement, God answering his chosen ones quickly. He'll go to the cross to pay for our sins, but he will be vindicated. God's will will be done. He will be justified quickly by God on Easter when he raises him from the dead. Finally, Jesus finishes his teaching with an interesting question. Yet when the Son of Man comes... That was a title Jesus liked to use for himself. When the Son of Man comes again, he's coming again, you know, will he find faith on earth? In other words, when I return in power, Jesus says, at my second coming, will I find anyone with faith on earth? You see, it's important to our faith life. It's been said that prayer is our lifeline with the unseen world which lies over and above the curtain of our senses, and the sense of God will quickly fade from the heart of a person who gives up praying. Martin Luther prayed, Dear Lord, though I am sure of my position, I am unable to sustain it without you. Help me, or I am lost. 
He's pointing out to us in this parable the importance of prayer for kingdom workers like yourself who trust in Christ, that we would keep on praying for the sake of our faith in all circumstances. He's implying that we can't make this faith journey without it, without God. For prayer is the hospital for the soul. It's the tool which enables a person to know God better, more personally and intimately. It's the gift that God has given us to carry us through the roughest of times, keeping us strong in the Lord. In his book, Prayer, Tim Keller testifies to that. He says, in the second half of my adult life, I discovered prayer. I had to. In the fall of 1999, I taught a Bible study course in the Psalms, and it became clear that I was barely scratching the surface of what the Bible commanded and promised regarding prayer. Then came the dark weeks in New York City after 9-11, when our whole city sank into a kind of corporate clinical depression, even as it rallied. For my family, the shadow was intensified as my wife, Kathy, struggled with the effect of Crohn's disease. And finally, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer in the midst of all this. At one point during all this, my wife urged me to do something with her. We'd never been able to muster the self-discipline to do regularly. She asked me to pray with her every night. Every night. She used an illustration that crystallized her feelings well. As we remember it, she said something like this. Imagine, Tim, you were diagnosed with such a lethal condition that the doctor told you that you would die within hours unless you took a particular medicine, a pill every night before going to sleep. Imagine that you were told that you could never miss it or you would die. Would you forget? Would you not get around to it some nights? No. It would be so crucial that you wouldn't forget. You would never miss. Well, if we don't pray together to God, we're not going to make it because of all we're facing. I'm certainly not. We have to pray. We can't let it just slip our minds. They prayed. God showed up. You see, this prayer is meant to encourage his followers to always pray. Trust him. It's, by the way, the only way to have the necessary power to carry out the mission that Christ has given us as the church. Look at the beginning of the book of Acts, if you don't believe me. The church was not born in a clever sermon, but at a prayer meeting. They were praying when the Holy Spirit came. These days, the church has many organizers, but few agonizers. Many who pay, but few who pray. Many resters, but few wrestlers. Many who are enterprising, but few who are interceding. Pastor Jim Simbala, in his book, Breakthrough Prayer, writes on the importance of the blessing that the church needs that will come with fervent, passionate prayer. He writes, when it comes to de-emphasizing prayer in the prayer meeting in churches across the land, where are the spiritual results that prove we have found a better way? I understand all the warnings about emotionalism, 
and sound biblical exposition, but show me any place where the blessing of God is resting on churches in such fullness that large numbers of people are coming under the conviction of sin and turning to the Lord in repentance and faith. Isn't that what we all want to see? Isn't that the blessing of God we so sorely need? Well, prayer is the source of that blessing. And ask Dr. Billy Graham what lay behind the success in his evangelistic meetings around the world. He told us one day, prayer, 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 when I attended one of his conferences. And finally, consider this fact, that it's so important for us to thrive in our praying that God gave us Jesus to be our mediator in prayer, and he gave us his Holy Spirit to help us and intercede for us as we pray. Why? Because our praying is a big deal to God. We need it. Bottom line, keep praying. When life is good, keep on praying. When life is bad, keep on praying. When you're glad, keep on praying. When you're sad, keep on praying. When you're on a mountaintop of joy, keep on praying. When you're in the valley, oh boy, keep on praying. When you're in the light, keep on praying. And when you're in the night, keep on praying. Which brings us to you. How is your faith? Your spiritual health these days, is it cooling off? Is it humdrum? Is it boring? Or is it on fire, exciting, filled with vitality? If it's lacking power and cooling off, maybe you need to take a look at what place prayer is playing in your life. Is it a steering wheel or a spare tire in your life? Is it a fire extinguisher only used when there is an emergency or when all else fails? Or is it a constant hose of water refreshing you. Do you pray just when you feel like it, or do you have a standing daily appointment with your Heavenly Father? Dear friends, the message from the risen Jesus Christ is clear today. Pray, pray, and pray some more. Be constant in prayer. If you're wondering, how do I get started on praying? Don't just go out and buy a book and study it. Instead, pray now. Set a time today. Put it in your daily calendar. Keep your appointment with your father, just as you keep your appointment with a doctor, and then pray. And what do I say, you wonder? Prayer is a conversation. No special language necessary. Simply talk with your heavenly father and take time to be quiet with him when you're done talking, because he might have something to say to you. My dear friends, your father who loves you, who gave his son to die for you on a cross and raised him again to, to rescue you from sin and death and give you life, is available, waiting to hear from you. Jesus has made that clear today. So pray as if your life depended on it, because it does. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, we need you. Forgive us for those times when we think that we can run the race of faith on our own power. Through the working of your Holy Spirit, help us to become more disciplined people of prayer. In the name of Jesus, we ask this. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been listening to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message will help you remember to continually pray. Whether life is good or bad, happy or sad, on a mountaintop or in the valley, keep on praying. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit listener-supported ministry dedicated to serving the spiritual needs of those unable to attend worship and all others who listen. We are extremely grateful and feel a great responsibility to those who support us with their prayers and gifts. In this effort, we are currently considering the viability of each station we use. Therefore, we are asking you, our listeners, to note where you hear this program. Then send it to us at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. By email to cc at nas.org, by visiting our website at www.christiancrusaders.org, or by calling us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. If you are listening to a radio station, please give us the call letters of that station. We also print a quarterly newsletter called The Crusader. Each newsletter contains short messages by Pastor Kramer, Pastor Lavig, and Julie Nordstrom, our executive director. And in addition, we include general information about Christian Crusaders. If you'd like to receive this newsletter and are not already on our mailing list, please give us your name and address, and we will mail future newsletters to you. We thank you for worshiping with us today and invite you to join us again next Sunday when Pastor Kramer will continue his sermon series on parables of Jesus, stories with intent with a message, A Story for Diane. Today's host was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.